0: to your soul
1: welcome to what's on your souls a relational podcast where you can relax and enjoy conversation inspiration encouragement and motivation in a judgment-free space don't continue to drag around that emotional debris here's what's next on this episode
0: today uh, speaks to probably no less than 40 phone calls that i have received over our time Uh, in the stay home status is learning to live peacefully and lovingly with your children and for some people that feels appalling to hear and maybe even it implies that it can't be done but it's not true and what I appreciated about the conversation you're about to hear with Lauren is that she will be honest about that perspective from being a 17 year old I encourage you to go back and listen to all of the conversations that have taken place on the porch those dealing with peace with boundaries with vulnerability um, and with conflict they are all made for such a time as this so enjoy this conversation um, today with Lauren Gardner as we talk about a sound have
1: a seat on the porch and let's examine what's on your souls.
0: Hello, this is Mia, and welcome back to the What's on Your Soul podcast, a figurative front porch where we have dialogues and conversation that we help always move the listeners, towards life-giving, better and greater. In fact, we hope it moves us as we engage in these dialogues as well. I appreciate you all for listening. We see the numbers and we're so grateful. Just a reminder that you can access the podcast on any platform, such as Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, or you can go to MiaEmbro.com, hit the Listen Now button or the Leave a Comment button and join in the conversation. We're always interested and excited to hear your thoughts, your words, what you want to hear about and your thoughts about what you have heard about. And so we are excited once again to be on the porch. My guest today is Lauren Gardner. Hello, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. Part of the What's on Your Soul podcast and using the analogy of a front porch is to have the realization that we all sit in different porches Uh, And different homes and different rocking chairs, and we have different windows. So, what's important to us on this podcast is that we always present a myriad of perspectives. And one of my most uh, precious times is when I have a voice of someone that is of a much different age on the porch, and someone that I love and admire and respect, and that would be Lauren Gardner. Lauren, can you? are you comfortable with telling everyone how old you are?
2: Yes, I'm 17 years old. I'm a senior in high school, about to graduate.
0: How are you feeling about that? I'm really excited. Are you excited? Ready. It's a very exciting, well, kind of. It can be an exciting time in life, but also nerve-wracking. A little
2: scary don't know. what are you scared about um just making the right decision and where I'm going to go for like the next four years
0: so I say this to my children who are coming out of college um all the time I don't know that there is a right it's just a process and to lean into that yeah and it'll figure itself out with you it will it's all going to be good Lauren, we've known each other for quite a while. Yes. I want to say that I have known you since you were six, seven? How old were you, Lauren? Um, what do you think? Honestly,
2: yeah, when, since I was, like, really young. All I remember is, like,
0: at TCA coming into your office and, like, bothering you during the day. But... The kindest, smartest, funniest young woman. <laughs> and now you're about to graduate and go to college. Unbelievable. So today, uh, Lauren is going to take a hold of the mic when we come back from our break. And the reason that Lauren is sitting on the porch with me today is because oftentimes parents or other adults who are responsible for walking the lives out with young people have a lot of questions as they're trying to navigate and do this well. And it often comes to um, the top that if we would just sit down and ask people themselves what they need that would be most helpful. So Lauren's going to share her perspective on being a young adult navigating the high school years and her observations, her takeaways, what she's learned and she's going to share that with all of us listening to make us better at what we do and that is trying to walk well with those who are um, we are given responsibility for. So thank you for coming Lauren. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we return, we're going to jump right in.
1: More conversation on the way from What's on Your Souls with Mia. In the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. From the audio player, click the Leave a Comment link. Let your voice be heard. Now, back to more... Of what's on your souls.
0: Okay, so we are back on the porch, and I want to tell our listening audience that we really are on our porch with these conversations. So if you hear any noise today, there's some renovations taking place on the porch because we want to keep it good looking at all times. So there's a little dust blowing, a little sound in the background, a little crew walking around in front of us, but we're all good, right, Lauren? Yes. And we're going to keep our conversation. Going, we're going to keep our cups of lemonade covered with a napkin so we don't get dust in it. (laughs) And we're going to go. I saw a family of bobcats here not long ago. Production loves when I talk about the bobcats. But anyway, they're not here today. Lauren, you ready? Yes, I am. So, Lauren, there is a title that is given your generation Generation Z, I believe. Have you heard that? Yes. And how do you describe Generation Z? um we're the 2002 born children um
2: we have social media we're born into social media high level communication on technology um it's basically just like
0: the era of technology that and it's all that into... you've ever known yeah you came in with all of that yes going which is a lot in some ways it is and we decided that we would title our time on the porch today a sound mind because the conversation the dialogue that you and I are about to have is how do you maintain a sound mind mental wellness emotional wellness and social wellness when you are born into what you just described right that's a lot of different voices a lot of different influences not that it has not been that way in previous years but the proliferation of social media certainly adds a significant impact. Yes. And so I would love to hear, Lauren, and I'm sure a million other parents and uh, adults would love to hear your reflections and observations of being a young, informed, brilliant mind that has grown up thus far um, in this generation and what your concerns are and observations are. You ready? Yes. All right. Well...
2: I would say that I think our generation um, is full of young, like innovative, creative thinkers that are going to be the next people to change the world. And I think that what comes with that is um, a lot of kids that are striving to find their independence, find how to separate themselves from what the world says they are or what the world tries, tries to categorize them as and I think that that's something that everyone really struggles with especially being a part of this society is there's so much um, things that are thrown at you and so many things that you can be that you're trying to find well where do I fit in the midst of this world and all these different things that are coming at me.
0: Um, which is, I want to say which, uh, you and I talked a little bit about even before we got behind the microphone is a normal developmental aspect of being that age is trying to separate yourself from who you've been told you were all the time. And that means trying not to be exactly like your parents most of the time and find out who am I though, separate from that. And you spoke a little bit about that pre on the microphone, um, what is the challenge you were presenting to me, Lauren, about being raised with your parents and not, and still not knowing who you are? I think that often, you know, our parents are very
2: traditional. Um, and that like the way you are brought up and the way you are raised kind of impacts like who you are as you grow into that, like kind of like that stage of, oh, I'm trying to find myself, you know, I'm trying to be more independent, you know, um, like kind of in those teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that um, becomes really difficult when, um, you know, of course, parents care. Of course, they love you. They want what's best for you. They see the big picture. Um, and I think that sometimes that whether it's on it's not on purpose or whether it is that sometimes sometimes. Allowing children to have like a healthy amount of individuality before they hit that teenage, like those teenage years
0: um, kind of does make a difference. In- Tell, okay, so I'm going to interrupt you yeah. there. A couple of things I thought of. First of all, why do you think, I heard you say, I'm sure it's with good intent, no malintent. You right. want to assume goodwill. Yes. that they love you and you know that yes. they love you so why would they then not allow that freedom that you're talking about what why, what do you think that is
2: I think it's because they've lived in the world longer than us they've seen um, different things and so like a lot of it is fear you know that they don't if they see something if they see one little thing they think they think like, even more, they see the bigger picture, they see, oh, oh my goodness, like, this could happen, and so, um, I think that often, like, parents do kind of react in fear about those things, and so it, the children see it as, oh my gosh, they, they are trying to stifle me, you know, Mm -hmm. they're trying to, um, smother me, but, um, I think that if
0: there's a balance between that, um, Okay, let's talk about the balance because most things that we do do. So this will be this is what's interesting, Lauren, is that maybe possibly if you choose to be someday, you you might be a parent, and to see how you navigate that because a lot of it is built out of two things: desires and fear. Yeah, both of those are culminations from past experiences, which is the weird thing about it. So it's like you said, they've lived long enough. We either desire something for you, for you not to be harmed, or for right. you to experience something we did not or we did, or our fear is that you will experience. Right. And so those can be suffocating at times. Yeah. So, what does the balance look like, Lauren? How do you protect and love well, and at the same time, allow your children freedom to discover who they are? I think communication is
2: something that's really important um just um like making your child feel like heard you know um of course they're your like authority um but also sometimes just being like you can talk to me about anything like having a like a face-to-face conversation without the whole um kind of lecturing part because sometimes I think that that shuts down kids when it like everything becomes a lecture
0: like some more listening than yeah. lecture what's yeah. interesting about that is Kitten, this particular podcast that you and I are doing it's probably co- going to be on the back end of the podcast with Kenton Getz and he shared a particular story between he and his father that lent itself to the very thing that you're saying communication and clarity in communication that the reason I'm saying these things to you is because of my own fear. Right. Not because of you as a person, right. but just my own stuff probably coming back. And so communication. And how does that play, Lauren, into mental wellness with young people?
2: I think that a lot of kids feel like they can't talk to their parents um, about like what how they're feeling uh, because uh, our parents have always taught us this mentality. Um, I especially feel like in the black community, like um, black parents, always teach us the mentality of you have to keep going. You know, you have to um, like you have to do your best push because through. you have to push through because this world is going to see you in a different light. Yet you have to show the world who you are, and so I think that often that pressure and mentality kind of makes it harder. For kids to feel like they can make mistakes, they can say they're struggling because there's such high expectations. And so they see those high expectations as I can't mess up when that's not what the parents mean or that's not right. what they want, but that's just how the kids view it. Or how their did you navigate that? Yeah. Um, I think for me, like uh, I had a very difficult like period of time with my parents. Um, where they were seeing it as, oh, she's rebelling or, oh, she's being disobedient. When really I was just, I was hurting a lot. Um, and I think it took them a while to see that. Sure. But once they did, our communication got a lot better. It didn't become perfect, but on both sides, I, I could understand like how they were viewing me. Yes. And I think that in some aspects they could see, that I was struggling. And so once they saw that, um, you know, they, they kind of stepped up to be like, okay, what are we gonna do?
0: How are we gonna fix this? Because we're always so, in progress. We're right. not perfection. Right. And um, what's important to remember about everyone involved and human beings is that we are great, but we are all greatly flawed. Right. And one voice, that is the danger of so many voices speaking at the same time, uninformed or unprepared, is that you can get dangerous information that takes you um, down a deeper hole Yes. than betters you. So when we come back, we're going to take a break. This is excellent, Lauren. When we come back, I want you to speak a little bit about social media and right. its influence in the lives of people in general, but specifically with young adults and what your observations are. We hope that this... Inf- Conversation that Lauren and I are having is um, helpful and relevant. It is to me just even sitting here with her. So we encourage you to go to MiaEmbro.com, push that leave a comment button. Let your voice be heard in this conversation and your thoughts if there are other questions and things you'd like, Lauren and I, I'm sure Lauren will come back to this microphone in the future and we will do um, a continuation of this. So we will be right back. While we're
1: having great conversation with What's On Your Souls with Mia Embro, we wanted to thank you for listening. And we look forward to hearing from you at MiaEmbro.com. There you can get caught up on previous shows, comment, or even give us feedback. All right. Let's get back to our final segment as we wrap up What's on Your Souls? We're
0: back on the porch. You ready, Laura? Yes. So, you still have your shoes off? Yes. Okay, I don't want you to run, so I just want <laughs> to make sure your shoes are still off. And if, it sounds like the blowers have stopped blowing, so they must have gotten that one stubborn leaf. Yes. And nobody could just pick up, but um, I'm feeling good. So, what you were thinking about something yes. before we went to break. So, back to what we were talking about with parents.
2: Um, I feel like as children, we always think that our parents, like, we think of our parents in this, like, perfect, like, ideal, like, you know, like, image of who they are, and we forget that our parents are still learning, too. Like, they still have struggles. They still are trying to figure out life as well, and so I think that's also a big reflection of how, um, we see these families, like, on the television shows or, on social media or um, amongst our friends when those things are just really a glimpse.
0: Um, They're a glimpse and sometimes they are a altered fantasy reality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's done. There's lots reality. of yes. cuts and takes to do right. that. And I was thinking when you said our parents are still in progress, we are there's not like there's a school of parenting right. that you pass and get a certificate and they say, now have a baby. Yeah. That's why all kind of people have babies. Yeah. Right. And then it's just like, so I did a training uh, this past week because you were talking about the illusion. And even I was saying, right, you have a beautiful family, Lauren, a smart, loving family. Anyone looks at it from the outside. It's going to say, that's the dream, Right. right? We've got it going. What I said to the people I was training this weekend is what people often don't know. And I'm not saying this about your family, but sometimes there can be a beautiful, gorgeous home And then you walk in and there's like a full-fledged crazy bus parked in the foyer. Yes. That is turned on with the exhaust (laughs) boy with all the windows shut down in the door. And somebody walks in and says, Hey, do you all know you have a bus? (laughs) In the the middle of your your house. (laughs) Like, but people are like, Yeah, it's always here and it's always turned on. (laughs) It keeps (laughs) us warm. Yeah. Exactly, (laughs) Yeah. The exhaust keeps us warm. Yes. So that's, you know, we're dealing with that a lot. Yes. So, okay. So let's talk about social media yes. because you were telling me that's good. It's a good, a positive, and a negative.
2: Yes. I think that often um, social media, I think that it's kind of like the concept of like, um, I was watching this thing the other day about the our inner child And how like our inner child is formulated or conditioned by our experiences as um, children Mm -hmm. and our childhood. And I think that often like social media kind of becomes a parent or a babysitter for um, children and young adults of all ages. And adults. And adults. Um, And it becomes something that people really can get lost in and they can really depend on to kind of make decisions or find advice. And sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes that's a bad thing. How is it a good thing? I think it's a good thing because there's so many people out there that are sharing their stories, sharing their experiences, and um, people are able to reach out to them through emails and messages and say, hey, I'm struggling with the same thing. How did you get through this? How did you get through these moments? Um, And I think that that's a big thing that um, it kind of allows that like, that barrier or that pillow to talk about hard situations and hard things without having to really, like, it's not like hitting someone with a brick, you know? Like, you're not, like, having to have this really hard conversation. It makes it easier for people to talk about things you because have that little, distance, that between little you. distance
0: between you with the device. Now, how is it detrimental or... How can it be not so good for you?
2: I think that if people don't have a healthy mindset or um, healthy surroundings or don't really have a sense of grounding or a sense of reality of like where they are and like who they are and like their placement in the actual real world, they can become lost in this digital world and they can treat or praise certain people or beings or objects or ideals. Um, that are being kind of fed to them through this like media or device and um, I strongly believe that like what we take in what we hear what we listen to does affect us that's good and so I think that that is a huge thing that can it can become apparent for some people it can become a safety net it can become like an attachment and that um, an
0: addiction. An addiction. Yeah. So yes. that is something that's not good. You know, we t- we have a quote that we say often about you feed the life that you lead. And so you and I spoke about this a little bit that motive, people's motives are not always pure and right and uh, oftentimes manipulative. Right. So why they say they're doing something on social media is oftentimes not the truth. Right. And um, but I. What we've learned is that people can't contain. So if you listen to people long enough, and you look at the reoccurring themes and what they talk about or where they are, you will discover the right. motive. But that takes time, and sometimes the damage is done. Right. What they're telling you to do, uh, if you are, are a young person trying to figure out who you are, an adult, it can be harmful at it times. It can. Be. And so yes. we go back and forth with that. Um, Let's see, what else do I want to ask? What do young people feel about religion? Your belief system? This is a great question. This just came in. Um, We talked about this a little bit. We did. Um, I think that. Because, Lauren, you've grown up, right, Um, with the faith system? Yes, I go to
2: a non-denominational Christian church. I go to Gateway Bible Church, if anyone knows what that is. I have grown up in the church. My parents are strong believers. Um and um they've always taught me um and kind
0: of guided me with like a faith-based. So how does that play into what is the plus and the minus of that in your life?
2: I think that kids like I think that kids now, especially I would say my generation looking at my peers, looking at myself, um that Christianity looks different I think that because um, that it like I feel like a lot of like what people kind of associate with like with what Christian is isn't really about the one-on-one relationship with
0: Christ what is it about
2: I think it's about oh well that person looks different and that doesn't like, you know, um, so that doesn't really like fit in with like what I feel comfortable with or like what my culture is. So you're saying I'm that's how say, parents believe. I think that parents and just like, yeah, and like just society in general, especially like in Christian culture, I definitely believe in the South um, and how it often revolves around excuse me if this is unpolitically correct, but like white culture. And I think that. Um, often that there was times where I was hurt by the Christian culture, um, in Christian schools I went to, um, and just people I faced and that I started associating Christianity mm. with how those people were treating me, how those people were
0: responding to me. That's the responsibility of being that, right? right. That you can do it. So what do young people your... Because I want to get this in before we end our time. What do young people then think about? I think that... Religion. I think that
2: often a lot of kids that grow up in Christian homes um, don't really have a basis of what Christianity is. Or they're, they're not really on fire. Because, yes, they do believe in God. But they've just... I think that they've been kind of... They mix up, like the culture and the concept of religion and they kind of relate that to actually the relationship with Christ which is two different very two different things and so I think that parents often do that unintentionally because that's how they were grown up that's how they were conditioned and so they don't realize that that's hurting their child because their child's like well this is I'm gonna run from this, this is not who I am yeah. like this I don't like this these people haven't treated me well that that doesn't like I feel judged and that's not what it's about what it's about is your relationship with Christ and how you're going to grow and evolve into that that's awesome And so Lord. I think people use religion as a motive sometimes or um to kind of make them their own selves comfortable or to create their own type of community or their own like comfortability because that's what they feel safe in Mm -hmm. and that's not what Christianity is about. God does not tell us to sit there and judge others. God does not tell us to sit and stay in a like in our own comfort. He tells us to reach out to all people, to love all different people and to the body of Christ is supposed to look different. It's It's not supposed to look the same.
0: This could be probably three, four, Episodes. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you wake somebody up at 9 a.m. on their spring break and bring them in. <laughs> They're ready to go. I got some Chick fil A's morning. I know. I'm we, good. the stuff dreams are made of. Lauren, this is awesome. I have some questions for you. Yes. So we end every episode with an exercise, and it's called I Am From. Okay. So I will ask you questions or give you prompts, and you will respond to those with what is the truth of your life. Mm hmm. The first is, I am from, and you will list sights, sounds, and smells from your childhood growing up. So you have to start with, I am from, and then you say those things. Um, swinging doors. So say, I am from, swinging doors. I am from, swinging doors,
2: um, hot Texas days, um, and
0: bare feet on concrete. <laughs> nice. And Lauren is an author of a book, so she's. this is good for her. She's very uh, eloquent with her words. I am from, and now you will list your favorite foods. I am from large bowls of Alfredo
2: pasta, um, pizza with white sauce, not red, Um, and definitely Snapple strawberry kiwi
0: juice. Excellent. I am from, and now you will list family sayings or things that come to mind when you think about this is what was said within the Gardner Home. I am from a, a, a gift from God,
2: um, believing in that God has a pathway for each and every one of us, and that
0: we as kids can change the world. I am from, and now you will list virtues of people that you admire or call friends in your life. Um lit names or just no, they're virtues. Virtues,
2: okay. I'm from honesty, integrity, compassion, determination, and drive.
0: Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. It has been a privilege. So we will end our podcast a little different this evening than we have in previous times. I think the information that Lauren has provided today is so significant and fitting for this moment that this poem that I'm about to share or this creative writing is the perfect partner to that. This is written by Kitty O'Mara and I think it's a profound discerning writing that depicts our present status and the potential and the possibility of what it is we do with things when we are handed them. and. Right now we're talking about the situation of lockdown, but I do want to encourage you to consider anything in your life that is presented to you as difficult or challenging or sad or disappointing or perplexing that you give it the pause and the intention that it deserves so that the lesson of it all may be placed solidly with you. And so the name of this writing is And the People Stayed Home. And the people stayed home, and they read books, and they listened, and rested, and exercised, and made art, and played games, and learned new ways of being, and were still, and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, and some met their shadows and the people began to think differently, and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed, and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses, and made new choices, and dreamed new images, and created new ways to live, and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. May you find
1: rest for yourselves. As we bring another episode to a close, we want to thank you. And check out our website at miaembro.com That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H dot com. Leave us a message or feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes. And join us next time as we discuss what's on your souls.